Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. You know that I tell all of you, we all have to think like owners. We have to change our mindset from victims to victors, from employees to owners. We're not all going to be entrepreneurs, but we can all start thinking like an entrepreneur. And you're going to see that all of us in some way have to create an entrepreneurial life. And on the side, you're going to start a side hustle, which we'll talk about. That side hustle is the thing you're going to do on Sunday, starting one hour a week. And all the money you make from whatever your side hustle is, you're going to save it. A lot of women say to me, well, aren't you telling me that I'm going to cheat on my job by starting a side hustle? No. In a digital age, if you don't do something on the side, if you don't go on the internet, if you're not on Airbnb, eBay, Amazon, all the different, you know, apps that are out there where you can make money, you're not bringing information back into your business. You have to bring that information back into your business. You have to be a great employee. You have to think like an entrepreneur. You are going to go and learn the shared economy. That means you're going to sell the clothes in your closet on eBay or Amazon or many of the other sites where you can sell your clothes that you don't need. The quinceanera dress, the wedding dress of the guy you divorced, you're going to sell it. We're starting a side hustle. Or if we have a real business we know we want to do, your job is while you're in a job, you're going to land your first client. Whatever it is, maybe you're working in a job and you shoot videos on the side, you're going to land a client that you shoot videos for. You make bracelets, you love to make bracelets and you, you know, you're, you're working in a corporate job. Okay, you go get a little store that's going to buy your bracelets and sell your bracelets. You land a client. I want you all to think about what do you know how to do to land a client? Now the client could be, doesn't have to be grandiose, it could just be, wow, I have all this stuff in my closet and I could sell it on eBay. Well, landing a client means you've sold your first product on eBay. You've landed your first tenant on Airbnb. Land the plane, land a client. That is step one on the side. Do not leave your job. We don't even, this is an experiment. This is a hypothesis. We think we can do this. Okay, go do it on the side. Okay, now you've landed one client. What do you do next? This is what you do. First, you do a great job with the one client you have. If you're selling on eBay, wow, you keep selling on eBay and you figure out how to get better. Do Am I writing the, the, the thing to sell the eBay better? Am I... Um, you know, am I taking the picture well of the product I'm selling? How do you become more masterful? If you're making videos on the side, does the video look good? Are you taking, you know, classes to be a better videographer, a better editor? Whatever it is you're doing, do a great job first. Become good so people want you more. Over deliver. Don't do a half-assed job. Do it really well. Make it so that the client goes, wow. You're the best person I've ever seen do this. And if you're not getting jobs back, say, did I really over deliver? Did I do a good job? I think also you have to build relationships with your clients. Okay. If you sell something on eBay or Amazon or, or Airbnb, do you send notes back thanking your customer for coming saying next time you come back, I'll give you a 10% discount. Are you really cultivating that relationship? Because business, is all about relationships. 
So it's very hard to get a customer. So you don't want the customer to leave. So I want you to be really careful of that relationship because it's much easier to get return business from that original customer. And I want you to be appreciative. What I said, did you send an email thanking them? Do you, do you really honor the fact that that customer is the beginning of your entire future? And remember that for the rest of your life, that that person that came and gave you business first was the beginning of your entire life. So the first thing is, how do you deal with those original first customers? I want you to remember that those first customers are now your number one marketing tool. Word of mouth. Somebody that recommends you to somebody else is the best customer you could have. Next, I'm going to tell you one of the things I've learned is sometimes we climb a mountain the hardest possible way. I say, follow your business karma. And what I mean by that is sometimes you really get stuck. Like, let's say you want to do one thing that you think that's what I want to do. Like for me, it was always like, I want to make TV shows and I would get deals and business doing promos or doing uh, things for TV channels. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do TV shows. I say that the older me would say to you, follow the karma of what's coming naturally. When things show up and business shows up, you don't reject it because in your mind, it's not what you're supposed to be doing. The universe might be sending you a message. Here, it's under your nose. Take it, take it. You don't know where it's going to lead you. So don't be grandiose. Don't think that you have a, you, you have a better idea than the universe. Believe the universe. Believe whatever you believe. If you believe in God, if you believe in the universe, somebody's trying to send you a message. Take the business, okay? I have to tell you a story. When I was very young, uh, ESPN called me and said, we want you to launch ESPN in Latin America. And I'll never forget my dear friend Bernard Stewart, still my friend. He was the client and he said to me, this is a great deal. We want you to do it. You come from the, you used to run a TV station. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I hate sports. I don't know anything about sports and I don't want to do a channel. And he's like, I didn't hear you. Go home, get a tutor, learn sports in a month and come back and get the deal. And you know, not always do you have a Bernard Stewart giving you that advice. Well, I'm going to give it to you now. When somebody offers you a gift on a silver platter, here's a piece of business. Oh, it's not your idea of what you should be doing. Too bad, tough. Do it. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know why it's shown up. That maybe there's somebody you're supposed to meet. Maybe you're on the wrong path. Take the business. Follow your business karma, what comes to you naturally. Very few things in life are easy. Whatever comes to you easily, take it. Follow the money, okay? And that's a big thing because I think so many of us get into our ego about what we think we're supposed to be. And there is a plan for us. And you'll see that life sort of starts guiding you into that plan. I want you to remember, don't get anxious. I got to leave my job. I'm too good for this job. No, do not leave your job. Live a double life. Okay. You've got your client now. That's your side client. I want you to go get two more on the side. Three, keep going. Do and love that job. That job is keeping you together. Give them 150% and give your side business 150%. And a lot of you say to me, well, how can I do that? You know what? Forget about it. When you are, when you start this, you're going to have more energy, more stamina. And if you don't, you can't play. 
Life is about people with stamina, okay? So you have got to live a double life for a while and give both lives everything you've got because this is your future. And this business is helping you to do that. So treat them well and don't leave yet. Okay, so you've now got the two years of salary and you've landed your first client. Okay, when you know it's time to go and start a business is when you get your first one-year contract from a client. I mean, you know you've got your, you got your one year saved, you've got the other year to invest in your business, and now you've got a one-year contract. So I told you how I did it, but for you, this is how you know it's time to go. You have a client that wants to give you a one-year contract. Well, now you're in great shape because you have your money saved for a rainy day. You have one year that you can use to invest in your company and invest in your client. And now you have a client that wants to give you a one-year contract. So the first thing you're going to do is land the plane, get the contract, close the deal. You know, a lot of people talk a lot, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. The hardest thing in life is to land the plane to really close the deal, to really have the money in the bank. So how do you do that? First of all, you have to have a contract. What the heck do you know about doing a contract? Well, if you work in a company, hopefully, there's, you've become friends with somebody in the legal department. There are contracts in companies. You should really, you know, when you're in a company and you're doing one little job in a company, you should learn about accounting and budgets. You should learn about legal because the day it happens to you, you're going to want to tap into people and look at different contracts so you can see what is the standard for what you do in the business. So the first thing you're going to do is start working with a lawyer. And you don't need, everybody goes, that's so expensive. No, you're not going to start with the top lawyer in a firm. You're going to ask for an associate, a student, because what do they do? They go find other people with contracts like yours and they cut and paste. You don't need that top layer guy or woman when you're starting your business, but you need a contract. This, the United States is a litigious country. If you don't have everything in writing, it's not like in other countries we come from where you shake a hand and it's a deal. No, you need a contract. So again, I want you to get copies of contracts in your field, however you have to get them. You know, if you have to ask other friends of yours, the, the job where you are, the idea is you have to become familiar with creating a contract. So what you're going to do is focus on, you got a one-year deal, close the deal and make a contract, okay? And you may learn as you go along the mistakes you make because we don't all figure this all out the first time out of bat. But if you're smart and you follow everything I'm telling you, you will do it because this isn't brain surgery, okay? People do it every day. We all figure it out. And I'm just telling you the secret sauce of how to do it. Okay, the next thing you're going to do, so you have your contract, you have your money saved, and now you are starting a business. The first thing you're going to do is lower your overhead. Number one mistake business owners make. Okay, I got a contract. I got this thing. I'm not going to hire a million people. I'm going to get a brand new office. I'm going to decorate the office. Hell no. Okay. You start saying, is it possible for me to work out of my house? Is it possible for me to work out of my garage? In fact, can I lower my overhead? Because to, to run a business costs money. To promote your business costs money. So in the beginning of a business, don't do what like the natural instinct is. I got a contract. I'm going to make all this money. I'm going to now start spending the money. No, 
you spend less than before because you want to be so secure that you're not going to blow it, that you have money left over, that you're profitable. So lower your overhead. So that means work from your home. Rent conference rooms when you need a conference room for a client. In today's world, like some people go, I'm embarrassed because you know I'm driving an Uber on the side while I started my business and I don't want the client to see that I'm renting an office. I go, listen, great entrepreneurs, when I go on an airplane and I, and I fly coach and people say to me, wow, you've done so much, you know, I can't believe I'm seeing you in coach. I go, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a great entrepreneur. I don't waste money on stupid things. People only admire you more. The more humble you are, the more you're a great business person. Warren Buffett, my idol, drives in the same car he's driven in for 20 years. I admire that. I don't, when I see people and I go into somebody's new office and it's grandiose and they just got started, I'm like, ah, this is going to go under because I know that's not the success formula. Okay. Lower your overhead. Go against your natural in instinct. Do not sign a long-term lease. Do it, do in the shared economy, rent space when you need it only. Leverage technology. Okay. Don't try to do everything. You like, like a lot of people start businesses. A lot of the women I've met around the country and they immediately want to have a retail store. Are you kidding me for what? No, do everything online first. Just everything there is reducing expenses is a smart entrepreneur. And that's what a client admires. Do you think that if, if I walk even a doctor's office, if I walk into a doctor's office and I see that it's really like glamorous and grandiose, I go, all my money's going for this office. I, you have to think that we don't live in like other eras where people were just wasting money. That's how you should be thinking. When you go to any office and you see somebody with everything grandiose, you should be going, wow, I'm paying for their grandiosity. Nobody wants to do that. So be humble, spend less money. And that's a really good way to start. Don't buy things you need. Don't hire employees. You don't need get freelancers. You don't know what you're really going to need. till you're in business for a few years. Next, the number one mistake I see people doing, they don't have an LLC, a limited liability corporation. We forget that we live in a country again, litigious, right? So, you know, if you are even, even I meet women that are, that clean, that tell me I clean houses. I go, no, you don't clean houses. You have a janitorial service. There's advantages in this country to being a small business. So I want you to, I want to talk to you about an LLC because everybody goes, isn't that really expensive? Well, you know, if you're making $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year, you may not need an LLC because your liability is limited. But if you're working, for instance, in the food industry or in anything that's legal or in anything where you could get sued, it's very important to have a limited liability corporation. It protects you so that if let's say, you know, you're doing something and God forbid you have a car accident and somebody gets hurt, your, your house and everything else you own doesn't get taken away from you. It's only that limited liability corporation that's at stake. And hopefully we'll talk later. You're going to put insurance on that. So I want you all to, let me tell you what I do. I mean, and I'm, you know, I've been doing this for years. You go on legal zoom or one of these websites that are legal. They're very good and they're very cheap. You can talk to a lawyer on the phone and ask them, this is my business. This is how much revenue I have. This is what I do. Do I need an LLC yet or not? Okay. That costs you zero. You then find out. And on any of these websites, you can go and get a limited liability corporation 
for like from 150 to less than that. And you are now a legal entity. Wow, that's an incredible thing. So now your whole tax structure is different. You can write things off. And I always say in a family, I don't think people say this to women a lot, and certainly not to, to multicultural people never hear this. But in a family, if everyone is W-2'd, that's a mistake. You know that when you get a W-2 and you're an employee um, and everybody wants a job, I need to get a job. Well, in America, it's not built really on everyone in a family having a W-2 because that means your taxes get taken off right off the top. You want one person in a family to be able to write off the expenses of the business. So an LLC is very important. Go on any of these legal websites. You know, I like LegalZoom personally. I'm no, I'm not a sponsored by LegalZoom or anything. I like them. You call them and you find out exactly. They'll talk to you for hours. Don't keep going without the, the, this foundation. Having an LLC is like putting your business in a safe. It's like really protecting it, okay? And I think that when you go a lo loco by yourself, you know, you're not, you don't realize that you could really get yourself in big trouble. Okay, so I already told you, you start, you go to LegalZoom or, or one of those kind of websites, and that's how you start learning about that. Okay, next, you now have the LLC. You need insurance. Can I tell you how many women I met last year? Started a, a restaurant, whatever. The restaurant goes on fire. They have no fire insurance. I mean, you live in a country where, like if I had to say the number one thing, number one, number one, number one, that you have to invest in, is insurance. And not just a lo loco either, not crazy, right? Like you have to sit down with an insurance agent. We all, you know, I've talked to you in the past about creating a team, right? The team is, you know, meeting a young lawyer, meeting, we'll talk more about other members of the team. Insurance, find yourself an insurance agent that's someone that you're, somebody knows. If you don't know how to do that, go to a chamber of commerce. We're gonna talk later about joining organizations that can find you credible people that they vetted, right? Insurance is very important because people that are underinsured, it feels like a waste of money. And you know, I know like as a Latina, Latino sometimes we don't really even believe in insurance because in our countries insurance didn't mean anything, but it's a mistake. This is a country where if you're not insured, again, a catastrophe could happen to you that will change your life so radically that you don't even know what hit you. So to me, I look at it and I say, every profession and every kind of business has a different type of insurance. Like I put here, food. In the food world, you can contaminate someone and they could die and you're like, it's over for you, okay? Uh, speakers, like I go out and speak. Liability, what if somebody says, oh, she said something mean about me, they, you know, whatever. So you need liability insurance. A product line, things can malfunction. You can send clothes out and they have a malfunction and people can sue you. Doctors, I mean, doctors have to pay the most insurance for malpractice, but don't be afraid. Like, I think a lot of us, oh my God. No, insurance is no big deal. You have to just do it. No big deal. Don't make a big deal out of it. It's you've, another thing that allows you to sleep at night. Listen, I am so overinsured that I sleep like a baby because I go, no big deal. And I have an LLC for everything in my life. Like every building I own, LLC. Every production I do, LLC. Every single thing is protected. And I like that feeling that all the work I do and everything I put out in the world is cocooned in a, in a way that is protected. And that if anything goes wrong, I collect money. That's how you should think.
Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nelly Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time.